This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. How you got started in the watch space? I mean, obviously the company has had $300 million in sales. Huge company. I was looking for another project to work on, something that meant something more to me. And I just, I sat down at my computer and I started with the domain name. I looked on Instagram and everywhere. I'm like, okay, I've got the handles. I launched a site that night and I got a sale like the next day with no, with no advertising. Wherever you guys are watching this show, I would truly appreciate it if you follow or subscribe. It helps a lot with the algorithm. It helps us get bigger and better guests and it helps us grow the team. Truly means a lot. Thank you guys for supporting. And here's the episode. Welcome back to the show, guys. I'm your host as always, Sean Kelly. Got with me a special guest for you guys today, founder of Watch Gang, Matthew Gallagher. How's it going? Good, good. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, so I'm a big watch enthusiast, so I'm excited about this episode. Awesome. Yeah, so I'd love to hear how you got started in the watch space. I mean, obviously the company has had $300 million in sales, huge company, but I'd love to hear where you were at when you first started. Yeah, I I got involved into watches really just by chance. I, I was super growing up and I started like you know just kind of getting into engineering and then advertising and as that stuff started to pick up for me I did pretty well back in 2014-15 is when I kind of started and I uh, I got my dad a 1953 Rolex it's his birth year wow Christmas and it's not it wasn't like a crazy expensive watch actually back then you could get vintage Rolexes for not very much oh really yeah um so not, I mean, it wasn't that long ago, but um, he died the next year and mm. I got the watch back and it wasn't like an heirloom or something. You know, I actually had to get it out of a, a pawn shop because we found out he pawned it. Dang. Um, yeah. Um, but that whole circle of me giving and then getting the watch back um, kind of got me interested in the world of watches in general mm. because, you know, it's um, watches. When, once you look into it, you see that uh, people, they, they gift them. They congratulate themselves for something with it. They uh, they get them and pass them down to their family, you know, yeah. when they pass on. And uh, I just really like that. And I was I was kind of I was looking for another project to work on, something that meant something more to me. And I just I sat down at my computer and I started with a domain name and I typed in a few and I got up I got Watch Gang. <laughs> it was available. I think it was the third option that I searched for. I looked on Instagram and everywhere. I'm like, okay, I've got the handles, got yeah. the name. I launched a site that night and I got a sale like the next day with no, with no advertising. Wow. Just on the premise Just of Just SEO? It. it was from Instagram. Oh, Instagram. Somebody, yeah, somebody saw a tagged post or like, you know, hashtag stuff and they, uh, they saw the, the account, went to the site. A guy named Corey Johnson, he was my first customer. Oh, you still remember the name? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, for the first several months, I was, you know, I was doing customer service, packing, sourcing, media. It was everything. It was, you know, 20 hours every day. Yeah. I was answering calls at three in the morning. Jeez. Yeah. 
from customers. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. And what were those first watches you sold? Like your own watch or? No, they were, I mean, the first month that I shipped, it was all Amazon watches. Oh, yeah. And I mean, this is really what started the growth of the company was the light bulb moment was I was, it was a $30 subscription. Mm-hmm. And I was like, all right, well, I have to get watches less than $30. Right. So I'm going to look for $20 watches on Amazon. And then I curated it for you. That's my fee. There's my profit. Everybody's happy. No one was happy. <laughs> they were like, hey, man, I Googled the watch. It was like 20 bucks on Amazon. <laughs> And I'm like, well, yeah, I mean, this is service, right? And he's yeah. like, okay, but, you know, basically I feel like I'm ripped off. Right. And, you know, the first month it was like 253 customers right. for that shipment. And so in every shipment I sent uh, my personal email, a letter, like thanking them for supporting the launch. Mm-hmm. And I got feedback. And all this made me realize was that people don't care much about the curation if there's no value in it. Mm. And so I started approaching watch brands and I, I called everybody that I could and I, I finally got a deal with someone where their watches were, I think, I don't know, $150 or something and they were doing a closeout. It wasn't for sale anywhere else and they're like, take all, 15 bucks a piece. Wow. And I was like, deal. 90% off. Yeah, so I, I flew to Brooklyn, met with the team and I bought the watches. They shipped it over to me and that was my next shipment and, and then those kinds of complaints kind of went away because people were like, I got a, you know, I got a good deal on the watch. I, I like the watch. Or if I don't, at least, you know, I'm not, I don't feel like I, I lost money on it. Right. You know what I mean? So how often are they getting a watch? Is it like once a month? Yeah, once a month. We have a quarterly plan also. And then we have, you know, if you just want one on demand, you can buy one. Shout out to today's sponsor, Rocket Money. Guys, you ever feel like money's just flying out of your account? Well, this app might be able to help you because there's something called subscriptions that are eating at your bank account every single month. And there's apps you don't know about delivery apps streaming services you name it you're probably getting charged a monthly fee by a lot of companies and you don't even know you can see all your subscriptions in one place on the rocket money app and you can cancel all the unwanted subscriptions with one tap they'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple of months and negotiate your bills to be even lower by up to 20 percent all you got to do is take a picture of your bill and rocket money takes care of the rest Rocket Money is a personal finance app that basically finds and cancels unwanted subscriptions. They help you monitor your spending and they help you lower your bills. Rocket Money has been a great... This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe every day at Saks.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Great experience for me personally. They've saved me money, um, hundreds of dollars on bills. They were able to go through all of my credit cards, all of my bank statements, see what I was paying for on a monthly basis. And I found a ton of stuff that I don't even use, honestly. I had an Xbox Game Pass that was being charged monthly. I don't even play games. That one was years old. And they also lowered some of my bills. 
my phone bill and my Wi-Fi bill were pretty high. They were over 150 bucks a month and they were able to cut down on those prices. So all in all, shout out to Rocket Money, great product. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash DSH. That's rocketmoney.com slash DSH. Link will be in the description below. Nice. Yeah. And wow. then back then we were giving away a Rolex once a month and about three months in we, we changed it and we do it every week now. So every you give Friday, away a Rolex a week? Every Friday for the last six and a half years. Aren't those like 10 G's? So, I mean, you can still get like a brand new Oyster, I think retails five or six, something like that. Oh, okay. And then you can also get, um, you can get stuff that's vintage. You can get stuff that, um, you know, it's like pre-worn or it's not, we can't really, we can't sell brand new Rolexes because we're not an authorized oh, distributor. Right. Um, but we can sell unworn watches. We can give away kind of whatever we want also. If yeah. I go to Rolex and buy a watch, I can do what I want with you it. You can give it out. I can, I can give it away. If I sell it, um, I can be blacklisted. I you heard know, about that. Yeah, the serial numbers tracked, so yeah. we don't do that, um, but we give them away. Yeah. Wow. How, walk me through the business model behind giving away a five thousand dollars watch every week. What do you get in return for that? Um, I mean, I think that it's it's fun. It, it brings community together around uh, the giveaway. Before I was doing a live show every Friday, and I would mm. bring like a model in. We would do like uh, I had like pageant girls or like Miss uh, USA people. <laughs> girls from deal or no deal and every week somebody knew and then they built like their own following mm. through our community because then they were looking forward to that show every week okay and we would just do a live show answer some questions and and then uh pull the winner's name and it would uh, be on a tv behind us and it would appear and that person won the rolex wow so it was a fun like game show type experience <laughs> screwed that up for us and then we haven't gone back to a live show since mm. we still do it and it's just on our social media now did the business take off during or slow down we had a couple scary months. Uh, we like when things got really scary, uh, it tanked for like I think our revenue dropped forty or fifty percent in a, in month. a month. Yeah. Whoa. Um, luckily, because it's a subscription, we've got reliable recurring revenue coming right. in. But uh, then, you know, my anticipation was that going to wreck us. Who's nobody's going outside? Who wants to wear a watch? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, who are you showing your watches off to? <laughs> luckily, because of the community that I built. They were showing them to each other from their living room. Mm. They would get their watch and then they'd share it on Facebook group, on the Facebook group, right. you know, or uh, everything else. So it we grew through toward the I don't know the latter half of the year, and then 2021 we had a pretty. It was a it was going to be an amazing year. I was like lead sponsor for UFC fights, like the McGregor Damn. fight. We had our name everywhere. Like uh, it was awesome. Holy dropped a lot on that sponsorship I bet. and it paid off actually so really yeah and so we actually had a return on that investment just and off the sponsor on the floor like we were on the floor we were they talked about us in between every, like we were like the pre-fight every before every single fight this fight's brought wow. to you by watch gang i always thought those were just a waste of money for some reason i was you know what for me it was like a half ego thing <laughs> yeah. that i could do it yeah. and i really wanted to go be a special guest of the ufc and also um I wanted to test it because I've been traditionally doing digital marketing my whole life. Right. And I'm like, I want to try some, you know, normal type old school marketing, sponsor mm -hmm. TV shows or like billboards. I've tried that random stuff. And yeah, it ended up working out. But uh, then this iOS update hit us in 21. I don't know if you remember. I remember that. one. Oh, yeah. And that yeah. like that crushed our advertising. Everyone got wrecked. Yeah. I have friends that lost their business because of that. Yeah. And it still hasn't really recovered. No, right? it hasn't. No. Yeah. I mean, there are ways like you can finagle your way through there and there are like attribution tools you can use for marketing. Yeah. But um, yeah, it, I mean, it 
the Wild West days of Facebook advertising are sort of gone. Yeah, I miss those days, man. You yeah. could run any ad and yeah. it'd be a profitable one. <laughs> yeah. I, in the advertising days, I had times where I would get penny clicks on an ad and I'd wake up and have like, let's say I spent like $150 on an ad overnight and it yeah. had 10 grand in sales. Like unbelievable return, yeah. You know, back then, that I haven't seen that in a long time. No, I miss those days, man. Yeah. I would wake up at midnight just to check up on the. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. Man, so what was that big customer acquisition channel for you? Was it Facebook mainly? Yeah, Facebook and Instagram. Yeah, yeah. and then uh, I mean, Instagram wasn't even. It was always. It was mostly Facebook at first. Instagram and then Snapchat, TikTok started coming later on. Right. Oh, so you're running ads on Snap and TikTok now? Yeah, it's not the best for us yet because we just haven't cracked that. Uh, yet i know there's a way to do it yeah. and i i believe it's just going to take more authenticity and like personal type of videos that i i don't want to do yet mm-hmm. um and that's just because i i was sort of the face of the brand before um and i i got some weird stuff happening from that um like if somebody's not happy with your company mm-hmm. and they're going to associate whoever's the the face of the brand with the bad experience. I know what you mean. Yeah. I got like my phone number shared, my, my address, people Damn. were Photoshopping me, but Hitler what? and sharing it. They're like, look at this. And it was, it was wow. funny. I mean, now I look back, it's funny, but back then um, it was probably scary, right? Yeah. It didn't really roll off my shoulders back then. Yeah. yeah. So you were fighting that. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing with these internet trolls. If you fight it, they're winning. Yeah. Well that they just want the attention. Yeah. That's right? what they want. So yeah. I, I like try to never respond. It's hard though, right? Because it's hard. psychologically you'll, you'll scroll through a thousand positive comments and stop at the one negative one right. because the, like everything else is just reaffirming, you know, okay. Yeah. Great. Great. Oh, what's wrong? Why doesn't this person help me? <laughs> yeah. And we can't help it. You know, yeah, you can't of, please everyone. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. In terms of the, the watches, do you think, do you wear like the more expensive brands or do you like sort of the, the more low key brands? Both. And I, I especially like the low-key expensive brands too. You mm-hmm. know, like there are very cool brands that people don't really know much about that are, you know, they're very expensive, but they're well-crafted. Like, and you can basically say they're lesser known, but mm-hmm. in the watch community, they know them. Right. You know, like maybe the average Joe wouldn't recognize, um, you know, a, a very obscure expensive brand, but then like somebody that's a watch nerd, they would love it. Mm. So I, I go back and forth. I mean, one of my favorite watches is a Timex, you know, right. costs like 50 bucks or something like that. Um, and I think as a brand, they do, they do very well because they do what they do well and then they scale it. And yeah. They make accessible watches that look good and that they are they're the Toyota of watches. Got it. Just you know? reliable. Yeah. Never breaks down. Yep. Yep. <laughs> in terms of watch quality, without price being a factor, what brands do you think have the best quality material in their watches? Without price being a factor? Yeah. Meaning like I can go the very highest end watch or? Because... I guess consumer brands. Right? Oh, okay. Um, Seiko, Citizen, Timex. Um, so the, not the... Rolex? Oh, I mean, if we're talking like, yeah, if you can go up to like a norm, like a price like that, Rolex is incredible. You know, mm-hmm. it's well manufactured. It's like they they care a lot. You can you can tell that uh, every Rolex. There's a reason why most Rolexes you would know if it's a fake or not. Now right. they've gotten very good where you have to actually crack it open and look at the movement. Even the movement can be faked to an extent now. Mm-hmm. But um, no, I mean, Rolex is incredible. You know, uh, Patek um ap like those they're brands that really care about uh the quality right now of course there's a huge markup in the watch industry you know margins are crazy high yeah. so um how high are they you think i can tell you i mean <laughs> basically eight to ten x holy so, crap yeah i mean a watch that you buy for a thousand dollars probably costs 200 to manufacture 
you know, maybe less. And a lot of that margin goes into the brand building, yeah. and into going on uh, like with different bloggers and like giving the watches away to the right people and influencers. Mm-hmm. Athletes can build a brand, you know, if they wear it in the right. Uh... Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and six one since that matters. And what do I even say other than hey? <sighs> well. That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Circumstances. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, the markup is crazy. Like jewelry, watches, things like that. That's insane because yeah. Rolex is making a million watches a year, right? So if they're making 8X on each one, they're printing money. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're one of the largest privately owned companies in the world, I think. Yeah. Is it true they're a charity or something? Heard about this. I, you know, I heard something about this, too. I, I'm not sure how they're structured. I know it's a family-owned and run uh, business, um, and I think they have no desire to, like, go public or do anything mm-hmm. like that because whatever they're doing works really well. Right. And, you know, when you have artificial uh, supply issues, demand goes up, prices go up in the aftermarket. Yeah. And there's a reason that Rolex got into the aftermarket this year. They bought like a secondary Rolex like company. Oh, they was, did. Yeah, and then now they do certified pre-owned, which they never did that before. Oh. You know, so now they have like their own. They want to monetize the the vintage watches and the the used watches that are on the market. Interesting. It's actually four times higher than new Rolexes is the is the used ones. Really? Yeah. Wait. So the the used ones are four times more margin for them? Uh, no, it's uh, the market share of like watch sales. Yeah. New Rolexes versus used. The used is four times higher in revenue oh, per wow. year. Yeah, globally. That's crazy. Yeah. That makes sense, though, because most people have to buy them on that market. Yeah. They yeah. can't even, whenever I walk in, they're empty, but they yeah. empty. I mean. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. they, what they want is they want to build a relationship. They want to have false scarcity. Yeah. And, uh, you know, look, it's just like Patek and Ferrari have been doing this forever. It's like, how do you make really rich people who can buy anything want what you have? You yeah. just tell them they can't have it. For real. And now they want it. It's, it's hilarious because I'll walk in and they won't give me anything. But then my friend who gambles 100K a week here, yeah. he could get one same day. Right, yeah. Are you interested in coming on the Digital Social Hour podcast as a guest? We'll click the application link below in the description of this video. We are always looking for cool stories, cool entrepreneurs to talk to about business and life. Click the application link below and here's the episode, guys. It's like whoever... Yeah, they've got them in the back for the right people. Yeah. Do you think any watch brands are overrated? I know Hublot gets some hate from people. I'm not a huge fan of like uh, Richard Mill, for instance. Yeah. But um, it's maybe it's because I just don't know enough about it. The design doesn't really do a lot for me. I mean, I get it; it's unique. Yeah. I I definitely appreciate like creative designs and things like that. Um, but I mean, I don't know. I I couldn't I couldn't say that it's overhyped because I just I don't know much about it. Just not your so, preference. Yeah, not really. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, I don't uh, I don't have a lot of like bad things to say about most of the brands out there. I think that they're all trying and they're trying to find their way into the industry. Yeah. It's a tough like nut to crack, you know? Yeah, I, I agree. The one thing about Richard Milley, I'm not a fan of the straps. Yeah. Because I like to have that feeling of just metal like, yeah. all around. See, today I wore like a, a rubber strap. It's similar in the yeah. sense of that. But so this is a really cool one. It's a Bell and Ross. Mm. And so it's like a French brand from the 90s they started. And then uh, this is a limited which I like the limited edition stuff that they yeah. make, you know, like one-offs and things like that. But, um, yeah, I like uh, metal straps usually, mm-hmm. then rubber, then sometimes leather, depending yeah, on the sense. outfit. How, much, uh, how many watches do you have? 
I have a lot. Over a hundred? Yeah. That's insane, yeah. bro. Yeah. So how do you pick which ones to wear? I just sometimes I sometimes it's like I put thought behind it, like yeah. for the outfit. Sometimes it depends, like if I'm going into a certain like meeting or whatever, yeah. you know, and I want to be, uh, I want to convey a certain message, right? You know, and then it depends though because I live in LA, mm. you know, like I'm careful with wearing yeah. super high end watches out. For sure, you know, I don't wear them out to like lunches or anything like that. No, if I if I'm going to a house party or if I'm going somewhere that's you know I I understand that it's going to be secured, okay. But I'm not going to like wear this to a nightclub, you know. Hundred yeah. percent. Yeah, I hear horror stories. People wearing their watches to clubs in Miami gone the next day yeah yeah it's like these days it's almost like you're a target absolutely yeah well guys will watch instagram stories of locations and see people tagged or they'll look at the at the story yeah see who's there at that moment be like oh there's some targets right there and then roll right to the restaurant and rob it yeah that's insane yeah that happened to that rapper right yeah 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 i i don't even post where i am anymore to be honest yeah like I'll be in a completely different city. I'll post it a week later. Yeah, exactly. Yep. <laughs> Can't risk it these days. Yep. Um, so I saw you just produced a pretty big movie. Yep. I was a uh, executive producer of I Want to Dance with Somebody. Dude, That's, how did that uh, happen? Whitney Houston's biopic. Uh, honestly, you know, it's the standard trope of like who you know and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So a good friend of mine for like the past eight years, he's been producing. And he asked me if I wanted to get involved last year. Mm. And I'm like, absolutely. I want to do that. And so... Um, yeah, it was it was really fun uh, getting involved in that. It's um, it's a different type of industry than like you know than anything I've worked in. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's I I want to have like little money soldiers out everywhere right. in every category, every industry that I can, and their jobs to bring more back, right? Mm-hmm. And so you diversify that way. Uh, you're setting yourself up for success longer term. Sometimes you, you know you fail which yeah. that happens to me all the time right. but uh i've been i've been lucky a few times also yeah i've had some big fails what have been some of your your worst investments snapchat <laughs> oh the stock man i i was so big on snapchat because of the ar stuff you, you know, got like, an ipo oh yeah and like and, and then even after that like i i was like all right well you know i'm there was a point where I made a lot on it because it oh, yeah? went up to like $78, $80 a share. Oh, so you were up 7X. I was up big time. And now it's $9 or $10 a share. Oh, so you're still break I'm, even. No, I've, I mean, because I was dumping in while it was on its uh, way up too. So my average price is probably 30 Okay. And so I'm down quite a bit, <laughs> you know? And um, yeah, so I do think that there it has legs long term, depending on what happens with the flaky economy right now. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I'm big on AR. I've invested in VR companies. Mm. Um, I think AR is really where it's at because it, it has a utility. Yeah. You know, VR is not even as big as like PlayStation or Xbox. You know, people just use it for gaming. Mm-hmm. You know, after the sort of novelty of it wears off, they put the headset away and they don't really wear it again. No, I got the Oculus once yeah. and I haven't used it since. <laughs> That's unfortunate. It's uncomfortable to wear, like, yeah. to be yeah. honest. So AR, though, will be different. You know, uh, a normal pair of glasses will have that integrated, and you'll be able to do – it'll replace phones. I saw the Google – Google's making one, right? Yeah. Well, Google made Google Glass in 2012. But it's too early. Yeah, it was. And I I got a set. Oh, yeah? Yeah. So I was one of the first uh, to get those, luckily. I just happened to live in SF at the time. Nice. And I got invited to come to Google and buy a a pair of Google Glasses. And I still have them. Um, It was – it was very cool, the functionality of it, but it was so nerdy mm-hmm. and no, like no one wanted to be seen wearing it, you know, yeah. it's like driving a moped around the city. So, you know, <laughs> what do they look like? Um, it's like goggles they, or it's it... like glasses with no, with no lenses. 
It's yeah. just a frame like around the edges, no, no bottom frame. And then there's a big block of glass in the top right-hand corner of wow. the, the right lens. And what would it do if you put it on? So it, it, it's like a heads-up display in a car where it projects out your map, uh, person calling you. Mm. Um, I mean, it, it was cool. It, it, functionally, it worked. Um, it wasn't perfect, but uh, it was a, it's amazing looking back that that was 11 years ago yeah. and that it worked that way. And once they figure out the form factor and that there's a, a normal pair of glasses like what you're wearing, yeah, and you can you'll you'll replace your phone. That's what will replace phones. Wow. Yeah, that's hard to imagine phones being replaced. Yeah, I mean, why would you want to carry it in your pocket when you can have the headphones built in, you know, through the bone conduction on the on the glasses, yeah, and that everything else that you do is projected on a huge screen in front of you if you want. Mm. You know, you'll be on an airplane watching a full movie, or you'll play chess on the uh, tray table. Like you can do anything. Dude, that's them. sick. Yeah. That's actually dope. I love playing chess, so I'm picturing that. Nice. So it sounds like you're someone that would get Neuralink. No. Oh, you wouldn't? Uh-uh. No. Once you, you know, surgically implant something into me, <laughs> I'm a little on the fence about it. I'll wear the glasses. I'm not going to put it in my brain, though. I like that, yeah. Because yeah. once it's in your brain, it's, it's yeah. sketchy. Yeah. So you went from trailer park to Harvard Business School. Mm -hmm. I got to know how that's possible because you're probably one of the only people in the world that have pulled that off. Uh, I mean, I was actually homeless as a kid, so wow. yeah, it, Trailer Park was nice at, yeah. at some point you know, to have that, but uh, it was, I look at hard experiences like that as, I mean, a lot of people become victims to their childhood or to the bad experiences that happen, mm -hmm. and I've never thought that way. I've mm -hmm. always been like, oh, this is hard to climb out of, but it makes me stronger at the end of it, mm -hmm. and it also gives me a lot of perspective about, about real life. Because I live a life now that's very different from most people, and it's extremely different than what I am used to. Right. And so I'm able to bond with people from all spectrums now, and I understand actually what living paycheck to paycheck is like, what being extremely poor feels like, and it, it guides me on my sort of journey now. Mm. I'm pretty uh, philanthropic. You know, I, I don't feel like I'm changing the world, like selling people watches. So all I think about is, okay, well, how can I give back in some way? How can I, what charity should I donate to now? Mm. What foundation will I start later? You know, things like that. That's cool. Yeah, but the way that I did that was just through, I mean, obviously I'm, I didn't used to like when people would say that, oh, you're so lucky. You know, I understand it a bit more now. I was born in America where hard work is generally rewarded. Mm -hmm. um, I had like a role model to look up to. Um, even though I had, you know, hard times, harder than most, at least I had some things to help guide me on that journey. Right. I could have been, you know, a heroin addict right now. Yeah. You know, I could have been just like a, a completely lost soul, homeless still or whatever. And luckily I had something guiding me out of that. Mm. So I, I do attribute some luck to that. But it's a lot of hard work, a lot of just like, you know, a lot of people are having fun and you're not yeah. head down coding. I was coding for 20 years. Jeez, um, so. crazy journey, man. Yeah. Wait, so what ages were you homeless? Uh, when I was six and a half. What? Yeah. Holy crap, that's young. Yeah. Yeah, and six I mean, my parents were, we were running from the law. Like, my yeah. parents were outlaws. They were drugs. They... I mean, it was a wild, it was a wild uh, beginning, you Dude. know? Um, and so, yeah, we just like one day up and they're like, wake up, we're leaving. And then leave all your shit behind, mm -hmm. get in this van and we just go. That's and insane. then we leave the state, go somewhere else and then like bounce around for a while. I moved so much and this has caused, you know, uh, an interesting personality that I have now because 
I don't like to sit still. Mm. I don't, I get bored very easily. Mm. I move all the time. When I was poor, I would buy, you know, 10 different cars every couple of years. They were just awful cars. I do the same thing now just with more expensive stuff. Mm. So I, the personality thing is still there. I feel like if I'm sitting still, it, it's like torture to me. Yeah. And so that's with companies, that's with uh, places to live, you know, any, anything like that. And wow. I'm, I'm working on that a bit. <laughs> but um, I don't know. Sometimes I think that's my edge. Yeah. You know? Damn. I mean, they've done studies on this. Like people that grow up in tough environments. Uh, I think a majority of millionaires are like 80% or more have like a tough upbringing. No kidding. Yeah. Wow. Something crazy. Yeah. Well, there's a saying. One of my favorites is that calm seas make sailors. Mm. And it makes total sense. Yeah. If it's you too know? easy, then yeah. why would you try? Exactly. Yeah. Man, that's crazy. Six and a half. So you didn't really go to the school, public school or anything? I was before, and then I was out for a while, and then got back in once we landed uh, in, a, in a place to live. Got him. Um, so, yeah, it was, uh, it was interesting. And we would be bouncing around, like, motels randomly, too. Yeah. We'd get kicked out because my dad wouldn't pay for it. And then they, you know, back then, you know, you weren't putting everything on a credit card right away. They're like, Gosh, yeah, right. we'll bill you at the end of your stay <laughs> or whatever. And they're like, you haven't paid us yet. Get out. Wow. Yeah. I cannot picture that ever coming back. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> True. The trust system. Yeah. Wait, so how did, because with Harvard, you typically need an insane resume, right? Mm. Harvard Business School is a little bit different because it's an exec education program where basically uh, because of the, the company that I've built, mm-hmm. um, it sort of fast tracks you into this thing where like, all right, well, we have... We have the ability for you come live on campus and go through these classes and learn all this stuff. And mm. then, you, I mean, you can become alumni. You can keep going and doing all of that stuff. Um, for me, I felt like I got what I wanted out of it. I'm a, I'm a dropout. Like, I dropped out of university. Um, it's just not for me. And right. the, the problem is um, I'm sitting there being taught by somebody who's generally teaching me, and I don't want their life. Mm-hmm. You know, I felt like if this, let's say computer science, if this programming professor was really great at programming, maybe he would have started something and he would have been wildly successful. This is maybe a bad example because he is, wants to teach and he loves the, you know, the, being a professor. Right. But for me, I'm like, I can learn what he's telling me on my own way faster while I'm also building something. Mm. And so I looked at that about kind of everything. I think if there's a test also, I mean, college in general, if you look at the bar exam for like lawyers, yeah. if you can pass the bar without going to university, why do you need to go to university? You know, I mean, if there's a standardized test that measures your aptitude and your knowledge, Mm -hmm. if you can pass it through your knowledge, what's the purpose of it? (laughs) It's a scam. That's a good point. Yeah. Because jobs won't even take you unless you have a college degree and you pass it, right? Yeah, it makes no sense to me. So I don't care about anybody's college background. When I hire people, I don't don't care at all about it. Yeah, it reminds me of that show, uh, Suits. Have you seen that one? I haven't. Yeah, this lawyer passed the bar basically and didn't go to Harvard, but no one would hire him. Really? Yeah, it's like so ironic. Yeah. Yeah, now there's AI passing it. Yeah, I believe it. Yeah. Yeah. Are you like implementing AI anywhere in your life? Yeah, I've acquired a few AI companies in the past few weeks, actually. So uh, it has nothing to do with watches, of course, but I formed a larger sort of like umbrella company and that's going to be under there in a different category. Mm. And so I'm not going to miss the boat on AI. Yeah. You know, it's for me... In my life, uh, I've gone through several like revolutions, right? Internet at first, mm-hmm. and then a phone which has the internet on it, mm-hmm. and now it's AI. Mm. You know, AI will change things the way that getting the internet changed things. It will change everything. Wow. You know, it's already. I mean, I just for tests, like I play with everything still. Yeah. I the other day I was I was 
like, let me just build something and see what this is all about. And I had this idea, I'm going to build a completely automated website that every hour it creates content, it generates images, mm -hmm. it posts them, and then it advertises them. Mm. So I do nothing. And every single day, there's just content being built. And I, it's not VAs. Mm -hmm. It's not me. It was the initial setup. And I also have it prompt itself to come up with content. Wow. That's AI. And that's like, we're in the first like major, like, it's like one year old, basically consumer AI. Yeah. Right? It's existed for a while. But the fact that that can exist is insane. Yeah. Because you could generate a content machine that could drive tens of thousands of visitors to any site you want. Yeah. Eventually. Yeah. I mean, if, as long as it's uh, prepped well for SEO, I mean, you can basically do this for anything. Yeah. And, and now you have a hands-off website building unlimited content, generating revenue. And That's you insane. could do that. You can do that unlimited times. I could make a thousand of those sites if I wanted to. Wow. You know, that's crazy. Yeah, man. What else are you working on and what do you want to close off with, man? Are we done already? That was so fast. Yeah, uh, I uh, I'm working on um, well, my favorite part of uh, the watch company that I have here is uh, it's a it's a product called the wheel. Mm. And that's my next big kind of like growth adventure that I'm going to be on. Mm -hmm. So the wheel is a gamified way to make a purchase. So let's say that you have a budget to buy a Timex. Mm -hmm. You've got like 80 bucks. We have a wheel that costs $80. You load your Timex watches on there and then there's a level up from there. Let's say it's Seiko and Citizen. Mm -hmm. And then a level up is Tag Heuer and then Rolex. You spin that wheel for $80 and it's gonna land on one of those. Mm. Might be the Timex for 80, but it also might be the Rolex for 80. Mm. And so it's a gamification of e-commerce. And that I launched, I did like a soft launch a few years ago. Yeah. And it makes up half of our revenue now. Whoa. It's amazing. And it's, a, it's just a fun way to buy things. And yeah. so I'm going to launch that outside of Watch Gang on its own uh, in the next year or two. And it'll have lots of categories. So, I love that, yeah. man. Gamifying. So like, yeah. So like imagine you're going to buy tickets for a concert. Yeah. And you can only afford nosebleed seats, but you get backstage passes. Mm -hmm. Like it's the same concept. Dude, that's sick. Yeah. That makes shopping fun, honestly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's fun Amazon. Basically. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Where can people find you, man? Uh, I'm M A T T O M I C. It's like Atomic. It's lame. I started it when I was older. <laughs> so it's Atomic and then at Watch Gang for love, uh, man. the Instagram. Thanks so much for coming on. Thank here. you. Yeah, thanks for watching, Appreciate guys. It. See you next time.